Welcome to PwC's Health Research Institute's Next in Health podcast. My name is Trina Sideros, and I lead the Health Research Institute's Regulatory Center. I'm also the managing editor and co-host of this podcast, in which we try to break down some of the most important trends and events in healthcare. Today, I have with me Glenn Hunzinger, who is PwC's U.S. Pharmaceutical and Life Sciences leader. Welcome to the podcast, Glenn. Thanks so much, Trina. So excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Great. Thanks so much. So today we're going to talk about our top health industry issues report for 2021, which we published back in December. In this report, we work on for about six months of the year, and we try to name the trends that we think will most shape the industry in the coming year. We've been doing this report for about 15 years, and we have a pretty good track record of identifying those trends that will be important to the industry in the year ahead. So I think we'll start pretty high level. So Glenn, can you tell me what you're hearing from pharmaceutical and life sciences companies so far this year? What are their top concerns? What are they talking about most? I tell you, the biggest thing we're seeing is just optimism and excitement. I think you know, we've got an industry that created multiple vaccines and really stepping up to delivering on the world need. I mean, it's truly amazing. I mean, the industry brand has never been better. I mean, even pre-pandemic, I think the industry was getting very excited about the breakthrough science that was out there, the ability, you know, sort of around cell and gene therapy, oncology, all these really very innovative new areas that were really saving lives, not just helping lives, but really saving lives. So the industry was very excited about that. And then you layer on top the ability to really step up and deliver on the vaccine. When we take a step back, the last five years, the industry has really gone through this metamorphosis behind the scenes while these breakthrough therapies were continuing to pop up after years of investing and years of continuing to explore the ability to really use that data and the big data, the companies who have gone through sort of their, their change, new CEOs came in, new exec teams, strategies were reset, portfolios were reevaluated, and they went through you know, the challenge and really the, the heavy lift of divesting, spinning, partnering, and acquiring businesses. So where we see the industry right now, they're really poised for growth. I think, you know, across the board, while there's no doubt challenges as it relates to drug pricing and affordability, challenges, keeping an eye on supply chain and resiliency there, how to continue the momentum on clinical trials in some virtual worlds. There's no doubt there's challenges, but I think they feel a ton of optimism because they really have continued the momentum around innovation and really coming up with breakthrough therapies in this challenging world. So I think the industry as a whole, given everything that's been going on, to have excitement and optimism, I think is really just a great thing for the world right now. So we're excited and I think businesses are really excited. And I think as we look at you know their agenda, obviously the biggest thing is continuing the momentum they have. And I think really digitizing everything they're doing, looking at ways to streamline their company, looking at ways to make things easier, looking at ways to wire everything up and to invest in sort of the ability to make things easier and to continue the momentum around breakthrough therapy. So I think industry as a whole, really poised for growth, really poised for that sort of continued momentum on this next chapter. It's really amazing sort of the wind at their backs that's happening right now, thanks to the vaccine work and then also the therapies that have been developed almost overnight, if you think about the usual timelines for these things. So that sort of excitement and positivity is, is really just so palpable. So let's talk a little bit about deals, because you mentioned that just now about some of the divesting and rethinking 
that these companies have done in the last couple of years, we named deals as a top issue this year for all healthcare organizations and companies. And the pharmaceutical and life sciences sector is definitely no exception to that. So what do you think we'll see in the pharma and life sciences industry this year when it comes to deals? Yeah, I think it's a real exciting time. If we looked at 2020, the dollar value of deals was a little bit lower, and that was primarily because a lot of the businesses needed to digest and really action a lot of the divestitures, JVs, and things they put in place. And so we look at 2021 and what's ahead. I think it's an exciting time for deals. Not only has innovation never been better, and seeing more and more data come through and seeing more and more companies developed along the phasing, if you will, I think it's a super exciting time. You combine that with the fact that there's cash available on balance sheets, the ability to borrow liquidity in the market right now has never been better. And I think people are looking to really reinvest around that next wave of innovation. And so we see deals as uh, sort of a really buoyant year for 2021. I think we see across the board, we're expecting some larger, maybe transformational deals. We're seeing more of the, let's call it sort of mid-sized, you know, in that 30 to $40 billion kind of mid-sized, let's say, range. And then we'll continue to see that flurry of add-on biotech deals in that 5 to $15 billion range, again, with sort of that fragmented cell and gene therapy and oncology biotechs that are out there. So I think across the board, we're expecting it to be a pretty busy year for M&A. And there's a lot of tailwinds behind it around funding, need to grow, capital allocation. No doubt that valuations are high and never been higher. No doubt that the biotech companies and the entrepreneurs there have the ability to get financing from the capital markets and even alternative financing to continue to explore their science that they're so passionate about versus having to sort of be acquired or taken out at some point. So I think we see it as an exciting time as far as capital being available, the innovation there, and it's really going to be poised for sort of a big year here. Some of what you're saying makes me think about just what people are saying the summer will be like as we sort of move into higher levels of herd immunity and people start to sort of emerge from our pandemic. It seems like the whole economy will be sort of bursting with some, some new energy, including in the pharma and life sciences sector in the deal space. So let's turn to supply chain, which you also mentioned. And I think the need to modernize the supply chain really became front and center during the pandemic. And there was quite a bit of focus on it. And I wonder if you can talk a little bit about, for pharma and life sciences companies, the importance for resilience in the supply chain and what is being done to modernize the supply chain. Yeah, Trina, I tell you, it's it's really exciting. And it's uh, sort of a tale of two cities here. I think on the PPE front, no doubt there was more resiliency, need to build up those supply chains. And so, you know, there's a lot of actions in place right now to make sure we have it. On the real pharma side, I think what we saw was actually they did a real nice job with resiliency. I think they spent years and years making sure that their supply chains were resilient, building safety stocks, making sure of supply chain they have alternative. And in general, they, they did pretty good on the pharma side. No doubt there's more work to be done. And I think what we're seeing across the board is really like digitizing the entire supply chain. So what we're seeing is companies want to be able to wire up all the way back to their suppliers, their supplier suppliers, back to the starting point to make sure they really understand that real integration across their supply chain. And they also want to take a step further and automate it so they have predictive ability and analytics to really identify that ahead of the case. So I think they did a good job. I think they realized in this sort of next world that we're having, there's going to be more and more to come. 
and they need more predictive technologies. And luckily, the technologies are there to be able to do that. And I think they'll look to, you know, use technology. They'll continue to look to diversify geographies, diversify to have alternative supplies and really push up that resiliency. It's really interesting that you say that there's these two parts, right? The PPE and the deficits that we found in some parts of that part of the industry and then functioned pretty well during the pandemic, other part of the industry. And so now it's just a matter of taking it to the next step, which is really interesting. And in our report, in our Top Health Industry Issues report, we talk a little bit about sort of how that could be done and what that really means in terms of concrete steps that can be taken. So thank you so much, Glenn. It's a fascinating time for the healthcare industry. And I think it's in particular a fascinating time for the pharmaceutical and life sciences sector for all the reasons that you mentioned earlier, that this sector in particular is credited with helping bring to a close, we hope, the pandemic and the miraculous sort of science that really has been done in such a short time to create vaccines and then manufacture them and distribute them. It's really quite a, quite a marvel and really sets us apart from earlier pandemics. If you just look 100 years ago, there was no hope for anything like this at that time. So that wraps up another episode of Next in Health. Our team publishes reports regularly on healthcare trends and policy, and you can find them at pwc.com forward slash HRI, HRI being Health Research Institute. Thank you for listening, and I hope you join us for our next episode. This podcast is brought to you by PwC, all rights reserved. PwC refers to the U.S. member firm or one of its subsidiaries or affiliates and may sometimes refer to the PwC network. Each member firm is a separate legal entity. Please see www.pwc.com structure for further details. This podcast is for general information purposes only and should not be used as a substitute for consultation with professional advisors.